The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Well, it's so good to be here um, before God's Word, with God's people, sitting at His table, eagerly waiting with ears tuned and hearts that are prepped to receive his word, the food for our souls. That no matter how much changes happen on earth, from ideas, philosophies, nations, physical bodies, and even state guidelines, there is still one great, immovable, and unchanging rock that we can build our house on. And even when the rain falls and the floods come up, And the winds blow and beat on that house. From the lips of Jesus himself, it will not fall. May we we be found building our house on the rock of God's word. Today we are going to read our passage from 3 John. It is the shortest book in the Bible, so I will read all of it. (laughs) If you can turn with me there, or... See the screen. I will read. I will read. This is God's word to us today. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. As indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each one of them. Let's pray and go before the Lord. Oh, Lord, we are before your word. 
We all come from different backgrounds. We all had different types of weeks, some busier, some more worried, some, some easy and cool. But we all come today before your word. And I pray that you would give us the courage and the wisdom to lay aside those burdens, to lay them at your altar, to lay them at your feet, to trust you. Holy Spirit, I pray that today your word will illuminate Jesus in our minds and our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you will accomplish what you're set out to do into changing us to look more like your son, the Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that this letter that we have before us, that we will hold true as the living word of God. Help us, Lord, um, as we sit before you today to hear you speak to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have come to the last book in our short epistle, uh, the short epistles of John series, okay? Because when would it be the best time to preach third John? After second John and after first John. So first John is about the truth, okay? And how we can test ourselves to see if we are of the truth or not. And the truth that John was telling us is that Jesus had come in the flesh and that he alone can save us from our sins. And we prove ourselves to be of the truth by confession of our sins and self-sacrificing love to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that any other doctrine that doesn't say Jesus is truly man, truly God, and God's promised king is considered false and demonic. So in 1 John, John gives us the standard of the truth. In 2 John, he tells us how to respond to false teachers who are distorting the truth, who are actually going into the world to lie about who Jesus is. Okay, they may say, oh, he, maybe he's not God. But he's a good teacher. Or he is God, but he wasn't really human. Okay, we'll say he's God and man, but you have to pay for your own sins. You have to be right with God. If they change any one of those offices of Jesus, they are speaking falsehood. And that doctrine is considered demonic. And now 3 John is about our relationship to those who are going out into the world and preaching the truth. What does our relationship with them look like? Um, this is the shortest book in the Bible, like I, I said earlier, and it also is the most personal book because John writes out uh, people's names in this letter. So in, the, in our study today, I want us to see three points. I want us to see the name. In verse 7 it says, For they have gone out, talking about the brothers who have gone out, they have gone out for the sake of the name. So I first want us to unpack what that means, because that will help us for the next two points. The second point is, what does it look like to work for the name? What does it look like to work for the name? And we're going to see Gaius as a, an example of what it looks like to be fellow workers for the truth. The third point I want us to touch on and see is, what does it look like to work for your name or my name 
or our name. So we're going to see the name that verse 7 is talking about. Then we're going to see what it looks like to work for that name. And then we're going to see what does it look like when we work for our name. Okay? So what is this for the sake of the name? I want us to go to Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I'll read it. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, God's son, who was a descendant from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Here Paul illustrates the three offices of Jesus for us. Number one, he is truly human. We see that when he writes, descendant from David according to the flesh. We see that he is truly God because of his resurrection from the dead. He had the spirit of holiness And number three, that he's God's promised king because this was testified by the prophets that Jesus would come and die and take away the sins of the world and that by his death and resurrection, we have received grace. So Jesus fulfills all these three offices. And in Paul's mind, it's so important to him that he wants to go out among all the nations to bring about obedience of faith to that name, the name of Jesus The term for the sake of the name appears five times. We just read one. But the four other times, it's regard to facing persecution for proclaiming the truth. Now, let me read to you how the Bible puts this out. Um, In Acts chapter 5, verse 41, this is speaking of the apostles who were arrested for preaching and were facing death, but they were freed. And as they were walking away from that situation, it says this. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. They were celebrating. They were celebrating that, wow, we got to suffer dishonor for Jesus' name. Look what it says in Acts 15, 26. This is speaking of Paul and Barnabas. The Holy Spirit says, Men who have risked their lives for the sake of the name. For the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can see that these men, Paul and Barnabas, they risked their lives. It wasn't comfortable for them. They were gladly to give it up for the name. Acts 21.13 is going to show us um, that Paul's resolve for this name. What happened was he planned to go to Jerusalem, and his friends were like, Don't go, Paul. Don't go, Paul. They were crying. They were begging him not to go because they knew if he went to Jerusalem, he's going to die. because They wanted to kill Paul. So this is what he says in Acts 21.13. Then Paul answered, What are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? 
For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul was ready not only just to be imprisoned in, behind, in, in chains and stuff, which was, he, he was used to it. He was ready to die. He was ready to be killed for what reason? The name of who? The Lord Jesus. Look what the Lord Jesus says to Ananias after Paul was converted. And Ananias was scared to go and see Paul. Jesus himself said this of Paul. Because Ananias was like, hey, we heard about him. He's killing Christians. This is before Paul was ready to die for Jesus. This is Paul. The Ananias that Paul knew was the one where he wanted to kill people for following Jesus. Now Paul was ready to die for following Jesus. But this is what happened. Ananias heard about this Saul guy. And Jesus says this, For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. How is it that Jesus' name could be so important that people would gladly suffer and risk their lives for his name? How is it? What about his name that makes it so important for people to be willing to die for Jesus' name? To get out of their comfort level? To go and proclaim, facing persecution, facing death, and be glad to do it? What's going on here? Why is this name important? Please turn your attention to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Peter writes, There is what? Salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That is why it is important. It is not the name of the political party we hold to. I know that's it's a hot topic. It's not about the name, your family name, or what legacy you come from. There is only one hope for the entire world, all nations. It doesn't matter what nationality, nationality you are. It doesn't matter what, uh, how much money you have. It doesn't matter anything. There's only one thing that will bring salvation to a person, and that is the name of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us on the cross. What did Jesus do for us on the cross? Jesus took our place on the cross. We were supposed to be the ones on the cross. We have sinned. We have broken every single one of God's laws. We were considered enemies of God. We were considered haters of God or non-seekers. We were so in love with our sin but God saw us in that state, and because of the great love with which he loved us, he came and brought us near to him. And the only, the only way he was able to do that, to satisfy his justice of, and being holy, was to crush his son, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that anybody from any nation, any language, any tongue, any age, if they put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, they would be counted 
redeemed, forgiven, and holy. This is why it is so important for us. I mean, do you guys remember the first time you were saved? Did you be quiet about Jesus at all for the first week? Remember, people got annoyed at me for telling them again and again and again and again the same person. There was a change that happened in our life. We saw the valuable. This is, this is an interesting story. When I, I, I went to church all my life. And when I realized who Jesus was, that he was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, which I heard since I was a kid, but I didn't realize until about 2010, I went back to my youth pastor and I grabbed him by the shoulders and I shook him and said, do you know who Jesus is? <laughs> it clicked. It made sense. I was regenerated. And I was on fire for the Lord. Still am. We have dips and valleys and stuff, but what I'm saying is I was willing to go and look like a fool <laughs> to go and grab my youth group leader. I didn't care. I don't care if I lose friends. I don't care if I lose job because his name was valuable. My sins have been paid for. The inadequacies of my soul have been counted worthy because all the inadequacies that we had were traded for God's for Jesus' righteousness and all the merits he earned here on earth. That when I put my faith in Jesus and that name, God looks at me as if I live Jesus' perfect life. And he, he can do that because he looked at Jesus as if he lived my life and your life. So that's why we read those things where, wow, I get to suffer for Jesus' name. Why? Well, he suffered the cross for mine. There's a lot of causes and ideas in our world today, so many that we can spend ourselves fighting for and standing up for, defending. But I beg and plead with you to make the name of Jesus the primary cause for your life. May the spread and establishment and defense of his name among all the nations be first in your mind. Because this is the only name that will save your family members, your friends, your neighbors, and so on and so forth. It is the only name by which God will have the standard. This is how you're going to be saved. This is how my family members will be saved. My cousins, my friends, my coworkers, the people I interact with. I have the one key for their salvation, and it's the name of Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. That's why the name is so important. So if somebody comes up to you, oh, yeah, I believe, I, you know, there's a, a one cult that would say that Jesus is the brother of Lucifer. And eh, wrong. Or Jesus was created by God. Also wrong. So even though people have the same name, Jesus, if they put a different definition and different work to that name, they're being deceitful and they'll lead you astray. We have the truth. He is truly human, truly God, and God's promised king. And it's the only way that our sins will be paid for and we will have salvation. Okay.
That was the name. <laughs> now we're going to look like, what, is it, what does it look like for us to work for the name? So in 3 John, verse 1, the, this is a letter to Gaius. And Gaius is our example today. He's a guy, part of this church, who is so hospitable. He was so hospitable that the brothers that were sent to that church to help support it and to rise up were going back to John and telling him, Man, have you met this guy Gaius? He's so awesome. He's hospitable. He's loving. He is, he is amazing. Thank you for sending us to him. Well, what does that look like? So John gets excited about Gaius because he's hearing all these good reports, so he writes this letter to him. Look how John just explodes with love for Gaius. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. He gets a double love right there, Gaius, from the elder. The first one is, beloved Gaius, you are loved by God, Gaius. And not only that, I love you too, in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So John wants Gaius to be in such good health that it would reflect the vibrant nature of his soul. That his soul is so lively and so healthy that he just says, you know what, Gaius, I want your physical life to reflect your spiritual life. How does John know that this is, that this is his soul? Verse 3. John says, For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. Now, when he writes your truth, it's our English translation. It's, he's not talking about a relative truth. Oh, you're living your truth. What he's saying is, is that the truth that is inside of you. I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to the truth that is inside of you. As indeed you are walking in the truth. So one of the first signs that we are working for the name is that somebody who spends some time with you would testify about your life saying you walk in the truth. So, for instance, if you have somebody that you've met with maybe over a week or two weeks, would they say that you have a certain walk about you? Would they say, you know, they're great people, but, you know, they love Jesus. They love him, and they treat me in that light. Because when we do that, verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So right away, John explodes with love, with encouragement to Gaius, with, man, you are, you're really living the truth that's inside of you. I'm hearing these testimonies from these brothers that are coming back and testifying about what you're doing, and I'm just so proud of you. Look what he says in verse 5. He says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. It is faithful. It is faithful. And it's effort. You have to put in effort. Gaius puts in the effort. And did you notice how Paul writes this? He says, You do, beloved, it's a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers. 
comma, strangers as they are, that these people who are coming to his house and he's opening up his house to them, they're strangers. They're strangers. But in Gaius' mind and in John's mind, they're brothers. They're brothers. It is the name of Jesus that unites us. It is the truth about who Jesus is that unites us. And we love everyone, and we're called to love everyone who is of that truth, like brothers and sisters in Christ. So we see that, number one, it looks like, what it looks like to work for the name is that uh, you are walking in the truth. You are actually doing something. It is not just some theory, but it's actual living it out. And number two is that it, you are treating these strangers, these uh, Christian missionaries, like brothers, sisters. These brothers and sisters went back to John, and they said this, who testified of your love before the church. Wait, hold on. In verse, um, in verse 3, they said that they testified to your truth. To your truth and to your love. In verse 3, he said that brothers testified your truth. And then in verse 6, they testified of your love before the church. So what does truth look like? It looks like love. That's what truth looks like. Gaius feels the love that God has given him through Jesus Christ, that he then expresses that same love to these Christian brothers and sisters in hospitality. John then says, but you're not done, Gaius. You're doing well, but you want to be you want to finish the job. The job to finish is this. In the second half of verse 6, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. How much does God provide for us? Is it just barely enough? Just to get just to get by? Or is the blessings from God so overwhelming? When he gave us Jesus, it's just so much. All our sins have been paid for. And more than that, he, he took us in as his own child and treats us as if we lived this perfect life. And all the, all the promises in the word of God are so overwhelming, we can't even grab all of them. He's telling Gaius to send these missionaries out in a manner worthy of God. Send them out in a manner worthy of God. Love. Everything you need and then some. Be generous. Self-sacrifice. Why? God is generous. God self-sacrificed for us. And here's verse 7. We started with this, but we'll go over it again. For they have gone out for the sake of the name. Again. Um, they were accepting nothing from the Gentiles. This word Gentiles doesn't mean the, the word Gentiles like non-Jew. It's actually used three times in the Bible, the, the, the verb of Gentiles in the Greek. It actually means pagans or unbelievers. Um, this means like, uh, uh, you know, 
wicked or false teachings. So these missionaries that have gone out for the sake of the name, they're not even taking money or support or ideas, nothing. They're accepting nothing from these Gentiles. And verse 8 says to us that we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. What kind of people? They don't take money support, um, and they have a singular focus to the mission. Do you have a singular mission? Do you have a singular focus for your mission? When you go and live your life, it says, are you doing it for the sake of the name? The name of Jesus. And it says, therefore, we ought to support people like these. People that will risk their life for the name. You know, uh, there was a missionary who said, I will go down to the pit in India. But you have to hold the rope. We send them on our behalf. Maybe we can't go. Maybe we have responsibilities here that we need to take care of, and that's fine. God calls certain people to certain missions. That's fine. But did you notice that when we support people like this, either by money, if not money, prayer, if not prayer, you donate clothes or you, 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 you give them food, you open your doors. If they need a place to stay, you're, you're open and you're ready. When you do those things, verse 8 says, we may be fellow workers for the truth. So one way, another way that it looks like we're working for the truth is how we treat these traveling missionaries. Look what it says in Matthew 10, 40, 42. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 and 42. Jesus says this. Whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. It's amazing. It's amazing. Because this is what he's saying. That when we support a prophet for being a prophet, whatever reward that prophet gets, we share in that reward. It's like you're investing. This is like the greatest investment plan ever. Because Jesus says, even if you invest two cents, a cup of cold water, you will not lose your reward. That everything counts, and it's accounted for. And not only that, it's multiplied greatly for all eternity. If you receive, and look at what he says, look, if, you, if they receive you, the missionary, if we receive somebody, I not only just receive the person that needs help and support for the mission, right, for the name, but I'm receiving Christ. It's like I'm taking care of Christ. Do you remember when Christ says that he's going to sit on his throne, he's going to separate the sheep and the goats, and he's going to look here at, uh, and say, you know, well done, come and inherit the blessing, you've 
you gave me a cup of cold water, you, you gave me clothes when I was naked, when I was in prison, you visited me. And they were like, wait, 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 wait. When did we do that? When did we ever see you hungry and give you food? And Jesus said to them, when you did it for these little ones, you did it unto me. So it's a faithful thing to support. So we're just being obedient. But there's such great reward when we do. This is one of the things of why I love this church so much. Because we get to see where the money is going. We get to see the organizations that we're supporting and donating to. And the people that we're meeting that's out in the field. We get to know them. And we see their mission. And we agree with them and say, go. Go proclaim the name of Jesus. Go be there. And we, we support them. And they're going. Amazing. It brings God great joy when he sees his children walking in the truth. That the truth is so real to us that we will go and give ourselves for the sake of the name and support people who are of the same cause, the sake of the name. So we saw the name, and we saw Gaius as the example for what does it look like to work for the name. Now it's going to be, what does it look like to work for your name? There's a, there's a shift in this letter. I don't know if you noticed it. In verse 9, we get um, a troublemaker. This man, his name is Diotrephes. He's a proud man, and he's in a position of power because we, get to, we see that he is kicking people out of the church. Okay? John writes a letter, and we don't have that letter. <laughs> I'm not going to try to guess what's in that letter. It says, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So what does it look like to work for your name? Well, you put yourself first. You become the most important. You become the first cause. The Bible tells us that Jesus is first. He is preeminent above all things. Ah, but no, no. Diotrephes wants to be first. He likes to put himself first. The second thing, what it looks like to work for your name, is that you do not acknowledge authority, biblical authority. Right? John writes a letter, but this man, Diotrephes, he goes, ah, it doesn't apply to me. He does not acknowledge. He rejects the authority of the word of God. Now, we, we here might have a little bit of that in us, and I just want to bring that to light just so we could see that if there's a, if there's a scripture that attacks us, <laughs> it attacks what we hold dear ourselves, if we tend to be like, oh, this doesn't apply to me, or oh, this doesn't affect me, or I, I get to do this because of, or you try to justify, what you're doing is you're putting yourself first. What you're doing is you're, not, you're rejecting the authority of Christ and the mission of his name. And John tells in this letter that is being read publicly in Diotrephes is probably right there. So if I come, verse 10, I will bring up what he is doing. What is he doing? He's talking wicked nonsense against us. He is gossiping about the Apostle John with the intent to make him look bad 
so that the church doesn't trust the brothers that are coming from John. He's saying, you trust that guy, John? Did you see all the people who left the faith? They're, coming, they're going out into the world. He's bringing some here. We can't trust them. Don't open your doors up to them. Just shut the doors. And not content with that, John writes. He's not satisfied with that alone, talking gossip. God tells us not to gossip and to make others look bad. He stops those. Oh, sorry. He refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to. Do you see that? He's so aware of his situation, his name, his reputation, that he sees a brother coming from John, and he knows, and then he's looking at who's opening their door. And he goes up to them, hey, don't open your house to them. You can't trust them. Hey, don't do that. And not only that, he says, and puts them, the one who wants to open the doors, out of the church. If you open your house to these Christian brothers, these false teachers, I will kick you out of this church. That's what he's saying. He doesn't wake up. A person like this doesn't just wake up that morning like, you know what, today I'm going <laughs> to be all about me today and I'm going to go and, you know, thump around and kick people out of the church and do things my way and not respect authority from the word of God. This is who he is. And John sees that this is a problem, and John is saying, I'm going to come and deal with it. It's going to be a public discipline. The whole church is going to watch this. That means, according to Jesus, that people try to talk to Diotrephes. They try to tell Diotrephes, hey, listen, you know, one-on-one, then two-on-one, then you get some people to come, and he's still not changing. Finally, the elder is going to come and deal with him. Look what John says in verse 11 to Gaius. He said, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Stop right there. He calls these actions of Gaius evil. Let's turn to James chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. This is what James says. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Did you think uh, Diotrephes would be like me? <laughs> I am wise and understanding. By his good conduct, let him show his works in, in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Don't lie. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, you like to put yourself first. In your hearts, you're lying. That's what he's saying. He says, this is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is what? Earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist... What? There will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy 
and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So why is it evil to want to put yourself first and have selfish ambition? It's demonic. It's not wisdom from heaven. It is not for the sake of the name. It's the sake of my name. It's earthly. It's not thinking about eternity. It's not thinking about the spiritual things of life. It's thinking about the material here and now. Diotrephes loved his position and power. And he's willing to kick out these loving Christians that want to open their house for these traveling missionaries just to support them because they are of the same cause they are, the sake of the name. And Diotrephes is willing to crush them. Verse 11 again. Beloved, do not imitate, and John calls it as it is, evil. Evil. But imitate good. That's the contrast between uh, Gaius and Diotrephes. John is saying, look, you don't follow this guy's lead, okay? You keep doing what you're doing. Even if Diotrephes is threatening to kick you out of the church, you keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is a faithful thing. I'm going to deal with Diotrephes, but you are doing a faithful thing. It's good. Look what he says. Whoever does good, I love these uh, black and white statements from John. It's just so amazing how he writes it. Whoever does good is from God. Okay. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Ooh. Ooh. Diotrephes probably thought of himself as a great Christian protector of his little church. And John says, look, if you're doing evil, you haven't even seen God. And what does he call evil here? The rejection of authority of the word of God, the desire to put himself first over everything, uh, gossip with intent to make others look bad, refuses to be hospitable to the brothers that are traveling, stops others from doing so, kicks people out of the church if they do. It just proves that he hasn't even seen God. He only sees himself. He sees himself only. So we see the name. We saw Gaius. And what does it look like? Self-sacrificing, generous love for the sake of the name to send and support missionaries. It's because the name is going to save people. And we saw what does it look like to refuse and break that. It's when you don't want to be self-sacrificing. You don't want to put Jesus first. You don't want uh, to, to talk well of others. And then we see De uh, Demetrius, who's, who has this little letter, and he's going to go travel to the church where Gaius is. He's like, there's a guy there like that? <laughs> he's going to kick people out and stuff? And I'm going to read this in front of everyone? Oh, boy. <laughs> but he has received a good testimony. So John is doubling his uh, um, uh, approval on, Dem on Demetrius, who's the third guy. He has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. That just means the truth that is inside of him, is, you can see it. You can see that it, he's of the truth. Um, we also add our testimony. I put my stamp of approval on Demetrius. He is of the truth, and he is going out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. 
And he reminds Gaius, and you know that our testimony is true. Could you imagine Diotrephes sitting there hearing all this? Like, oh boy, what did I do? John will come. And we don't know what happens after this. We don't get much, and it's not okay to go and speculate and stuff. But John is going to go and tend to the church the same way that Jesus would come and tend to our church. No one can just get away with evil. No one can just get away with changing things the way Jesus had set. And just get away with it. I pray that the name of Jesus becomes of first importance in our minds and in our hearts. I pray that when Jesus looks at our life, he would say, wow, you did it for my name's sake. I pray when others meet us that they would be, man, you're all about this Jesus. Why? Oh, let me tell you why. I pray that if we see a diatrophies creeping up inside of us, that we would crucify him. We would get rid of him. That it's not about us. Christianity is not about us. Christianity is about Jesus Christ. That's what Christianity is about. If we make it about us, oh, we start setting up standards. We start saying, oh, you have to agree with me on these things in order for me to (laughs) be hospitable to you. But if we make Jesus the primary cause, then anybody who says that Jesus is truly man, truly God, God's promised king, my brother and sister. We could argue about all the other stuff. That's okay. But here, take my bed, my couch, my clothes. Here's, you need some money. Go and tell other people about the name of Jesus. It's a mission. Let's go before him in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your letter and the encouragement that we have from you to, to live our life for the sake of the name because you have done a great work here on earth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He lived a perfect life, went to the cross and died on the cross for our sins. And that by faith in his name alone will save us from our sins. Help us to be loving, gracious, um, open to hospitality for people who work for your name. So that we may be fellow workers with them and help support the spread of your name. And Lord, we need that now more than ever. I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us conviction and guidance to doing this. I pray, Lord, that your name would not be tainted, and it won't be. But I pray, Lord, that it would be a banner of Jesus Christ would be above this nation. But first, in our hearts, then in our church, then in our nation. May we be found to bring you joy that when you see us, that we would be walking in the truth. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.